So I started a couple of weeks ago a series on toxic emotions. Because after Christmas and New Year, I talked about it, we're a little bit toxic, aren't we? <laughs> From what we've eaten. A little bit too much of the rich foods and the, and the big banquets and the whatever else we've partaked in. And uh, everyone wants to start the year with a new eating regime or exercise regime and do a bit of detoxing. Well, I thought, let's do that in church and do a bit of detoxing with the Word of God and, uh, and talk about uh, toxic emotions. So the first... Um, message was on worry. Don't worry, be happy. Anyway, thanks for helping me out there. That's awesome. <laughs> Proverbs uh, chapter 12, uh, verse... Oh, did that just stop? Yeah. That just stopped. Yeah. That's awkward. Did you push a button? It'll be a battery. Can we hit pause and I get batteries and you talk amongst yourself for 30 seconds? You want us to talk for 30 seconds. Yeah, that's not going to happen. You'll talk for 10, 10 minutes. by Duracell. Okay. Some people got my joke. I talk about worry. See, I didn't worry then. I could have panicked, couldn't I? But I don't have a sound man here today. I don't know. Um, they're all away. But that's all right. Uh, Proverbs 12, 25. says, worry weighs a person down and encouraging word cheers a person up. So, so worry really pushes you down. No one wants to be down in the doldrums, in the dark place, on, on the ground, flat on your face. Uh, we want to be up. So we want to be encouragers of people to lift them up rather than have them in that downward position. And Matthew 6, 33, 34, seek the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously and he will give you everything you need. That's what we talked about. To avoid worry, what do you do? Seek first the kingdom of God because all these things are added to you. It says in verse 34, so don't worry about tomorrow. It's scriptural not to worry. For tomorrow will bring its own worries. So there's no need to worry about what might come, because what if it doesn't come? You've wasted all that energy worrying. Uh, today's trouble is enough for today, the scripture says. So let's just focus on today's challenges and get past those and not borrow from tomorrow's trouble. So we talked about worry. Well, now we're talking about uh, another emotion, and uh, we'll come to it in a moment. We're continuing this series. It's important that I say from the outset, and I did this two weeks ago as well, that emotions are not the problem. We're emotional beings, so we're allowed to be emotional, uh, but toxic emotions are the problem. So God created us with the ability to experience all types of emotions. We're a triune being, body, soul, spirit. So we have a physical body, praise the Lord, and a soul, a soul which is the mind, will, and emotions, and then we have our spirit man. So the challenge is, not to be ruled by our emotions. That's where we trip up. But for us to rule our emotions, 
You know, according to the dictionary, emotions are a complex, usually strong, subjective response involving physiological changes as a preparation for action. Did your eyes just glaze or roll in the back of your head with all those big words? Basically, emotions drive what we do, the choices that we make. And so we need to make sure that our emotions don't become toxic because then our actions are toxic. The problem is that many people allow their emotions to become toxic and they allow their emotions to remain unchecked and unchallenged and toxicity begins to develop. So they have too much of something in their system which leads them to becoming toxic. And so the world is at a crossroads and you can sense it <laughs> when it comes to toxic emotions. You know, people are being overloaded. They don't know how to relate. They don't know how to release. They don't know how to regroup. They don't know how to reload after each day. Too many people, uh, even in this community, are on the verge of becoming toxic. And so today, what we're going to talk about, we're talking about worry, we're going to talk about fear. No coincidence, we son, no longer slaves to fear today. Fear is something many people struggle with. Many believers struggle with fear. You know, Australia is a nation filled with fearful people. So let's define fear. Uh, in the Greek, those of you who have seen my big fat Greek wedding, every word has a root in the Greek. Uh, and so in the Greek, phobos. Phobos means, I'll stop the Greek accent. Phobos means flight, fear, terror, dread. It's pretty scary, isn't it? In the Hebrew, this is probably like pachad. Is that how they say the CHs? Pachad. It's like Ahmed. Pachad. Means. I need a tissue. No. Means to be startled, to tremble, to stand in awe and to revere. Wow. That's a bit different, isn't it? We've got the Greek meaning flight, fear, terror, dread. The Hebrew meaning to be startled, to tremble, to stand in awe, to revere. Interesting. A distressing emotion aroused by impending danger, evil, or pain. So it's happening now. Fear is caused by something happening in the moment. It's a heightened state of perceived danger. Like, you know, you don't feel safe. And so fear comes. This is interesting. Fear and worry are cousins. They're related. <laughs> worry is characterized by what-if thinking. That's what worry is. What if I disappoint someone? What if my spouse leaves me? What if my boss lets me go? What if, fill in the blanks, whatever it is that's in your head. You know, worry pulls your focus away from the present and fixates on the future and says, what if it happens someday maybe? And we have all this bent up worry about something that may never happen. Fear sees the present danger and says, it's happening now. So you see the difference? Worry is about worrying about future stuff. Fear is this is happening. This is a thing that's going on in my world right now. So the causes of fear. Fear always has a definite object. There's something that causes the fear. Every fear object is something we perceive as both present or powerful, uh, something over which we have no control. So it's coming at me and there's nothing I can really do about it, so I'm afraid. And, and this is where fear differs from worry. You know, people worry about something that's uncertain or unknown, whereas fear is an object coming at you that you fear. 
And worry will often give way to fear because fear is more present today. Your fear is most often the result of threats, whether they're real or perceived. That's the other thing. We can, we can make up an object that we're fearful of that's not really there. Fear is a result of the unknown or the uncontrollable. We don't like uncontrollable, do we? Most of us like to be in control. Fear is a result of past negative experiences. So maybe something's happened in your past and then you're in a situation where maybe some similar things are happening so it reminds you of what you felt back then. Uh, so fear is a result of negative past experiences. There's two kinds of fear, as we've identified with the Greek and the Hebrew. There's good fear, and then there's paralyzing, harmful fear. You know, I googled it, so it's got to be true. A list of phobias. And there were 530 phobias. 530 things you can be afraid of. Cheapers. Spiders. <laughs> Snakes. <laughs> Zig Ziglar says, uh, fear is false evidence appearing real. I love that. It's this thing that looks real. It's making me afraid, but it's false. Why? Because we've got divine protection from the Most High God and nothing is too hard for Him to conquer in our lives. Amen. And we've got to trust in that and have faith in that. But we get afraid because <laughs> we're not perfect. Billy Sunday was a great evangelist and he said... Fear knocked at my door, faith answered, and there was no one there. <laughs> I love that. Our response to fear has got to be faith. It's got to be trust in the Most High God. Fear keeps you from flexing your faith muscle. Now, I don't know, but there's a bit of faith muscle in this building. There are people of faith sitting in here today. And sometimes flexing our faith gets hampered because maybe we're afraid. Maybe we're not in control. Maybe we don't really understand what's coming, but it's coming. It's going to hurt us, and we're afraid. So what does the Bible say about fear? Let's turn to that. Exodus chapter 14, verse 13 says, But Moses told the people, don't be afraid. Just stand still and watch the Lord rescue you today. The Egyptians you see today will never be seen again. You'll notice the theme in these scriptures. Every time we hear, don't be afraid, there's a mention of the Lord. The Lord is with you. Let's go to the next one. Deuteronomy 31, verse 6. Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid and do not panic before them. For the Lord your God will personally go ahead of you. He will never fail you nor abandon you. Joshua 1, verse 9. So I've got the song in my head. So the kids did this as a memory verse. It's Joshua 1 verse 9. Anyway, I won't do it. But this is, this is my command. Be strong. It's a good Be strong and courageous. Oh, no, I'm not doing it. Do not be afraid or discouraged. For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Are you seeing the theme? Be strong and courageous. Not because you've got guns, Des and Troy. And together they destroy. It's not that. Bad dad joke. But it's because God is with you. And so we can all go into any situation and not be afraid. Because he's going to get us through to the other side. It might not be pretty from here to there, but we're going to get there. Absolutely. 2 Chronicles chapter 20, verse 17 says, But you will not even need to fight. How good is that? 
Take your positions, then stand still and watch the Lord's victory. He is with you, O people of Judah and Jerusalem and Vineyard Christian Church. Doesn't say that, I said that. Do not be afraid or discouraged. Go out against them tomorrow, for the Lord is with you. You won't even have to fight, the Bible says. We think we have to man up and tough up and or woman up. So I just realised it's a bit sexist. And, uh, and, and take on our, our, our things that we're afraid of. But God does it for us. We don't even need to fight. He goes before us. Job chapter 11 verse 15. Then your face will brighten with innocence. You will be strong and free of fear. How cool is that? When that person comes up to you and says, Why are you always glowing and beaming and happy? And you know, it's because I'm no longer a slave to fear. I'm a child of God. 1 Corinthians 16 verse 13 says, Be on guard, stand firm in the faith, be courageous, be strong. There's so many. 1 John 4 verse 18, Such love has no fear, because perfect love expels all fear. And where does perfect love come from? Jesus, from God. If we're afraid, it is for fear of punishment. And this shows that we have not fully experienced his perfect love. If you find yourself stumbling and being attacked by fear, go back to your first love, Jesus Christ, and remember who he is. Remember what his word says. Declare it over your life and over your circumstance, and things will change in the atmosphere around you just by a declaration of his word and a change in your heart and a change in your focus. Psalm 34 verse 4 says, I prayed to the Lord and he answered me. How good is that? <laughs> I prayed and he answered he freed me from all my fears. What should we do if we're afraid? Pray to the Lord. He will answer you and he will free you from all your fears. Psalm 27 verse 1. The Lord is my light and my salvation. So why should I be afraid? The Lord is my fortress protecting me from danger. So why should I tremble? Really good questions. You know, the phrase... Fear not or be not afraid is found over 300 times in the word of God. Do not fear what they fear. Do not be frightened because the Lord your God is with you. So what is the solution? How do we overcome fear? I'm so glad you asked. We're going to read 2 Kings. This is our main text today. Chapter 6, verses 8 to 18. This is what it says. When the king of Aram was at war with Israel, he would confer with his officers and say, we will mobilize our forces at such and such a pace. But immediately Elisha, the man of God, would warn the king of Israel, do not go near that place, for the Arameans are planning to mobilize their troops there. So the king of Israel would send word to the place, indicated by the men of God. Time and again, Elisha warned the king so that he would be on the alert there. The king of Aram became very upset over this. He called his officers together and demanded, Which of you is the traitor? Who has been informing the king of Israel of my plans? It is not us, my lord, the king, one of the officers replied. Elisha, the prophet of Israel, tells the king of Israel, uh, even the words you speak in the privacy of your bedroom. Go and find out where he is, the king commanded, so I can send troops to seize him. And the report came back, Elisha is at Dothan. So one night, the king of Aram sent a great army with many chariots and horses to surround the city. When the servant of the man of God got up early the next morning and went outside, there were troops, horses and chariots everywhere. 
Oh, sir, what will we do now? The young man cried to Elisha. Don't be afraid, Elisha told him, for there are more on our side than on theirs. <laughs> then Elisha, Elisha prayed, O oh Lord, open his eyes and let him see. The Lord opened the young man's eyes, and when he looked up, he saw that the hillside around Elisha was filled with horses and chariots of fire. My army's bigger than your army. <laughs> As the Aramean army advanced toward him, Elisha prayed, O oh Lord, please make them blind. So the Lord struck them with blindness as Elisha had asked. <laughs> so Elisha has been experiencing the atmosphere of faith and miracles. River divides, raising the dead, feeding a hundred men, cursing leprosy and, and, and making an axe head float. You know, in the midst of the miracle, the attack of fear comes. The attack of fear comes. Here's what we need to do when it comes to fear. We need to recognize, firstly, that fear comes from the enemy. Fear absolutely comes from the enemy. He wants you to be afraid because it puts you in a position of weakness, like you are bound up and in chains. Because you are that afraid, you don't do anything for the kingdom of God. 2 Timothy 1 verse 7, For God has not given us a spirit of fear and timidity, but of power, love, and self-discipline. Remember what God's given you in those times of fear. The enemy came and surrounded Elisha. Now, the enemy comes in the night. It's no coincidence, because night's a dark place. Who was afraid of the dark when they were a kid? My hands up. I thought, there's no kids in here, so I can, I can say the boogeyman. I thought the boogeyman was under my bed. Oh, I really did. I thought, I just had this fear that at night time, some creature was going to come out from under my bed. And, and kill me. It's amazing what goes in your head when you're a kid. I used to have this recurring dream. It's really weird. I'm going to tell you it. Uh, it happened multiple times. Two things would happen. Uh, one, there was this guy in a yellow raincoat and hat. Really strange. That bright canary yellow that would creep up my hallway. And every step he would take, he would go, Hey! That's just the sound he would make. It's weird. I don't, know. I don't understand why I thought this or dropped this, but that's what maybe that was fear. I don't know. Coming up my hallway. And he would just get to my door, and as it goes to open my door, I would wake up every time. Every time. The other thing that would happen sometimes in these recurring dreams is, and I mean, maybe soon those, she can cancel me later, but my teeth would be growing and cracking and breaking off all the time. So I don't know what that is. That's weird. Like they just keep growing and cracking off. And then. Really weird, hey? Crazy. I don't even know why I told you that, other than the enemy comes in the night. <laughs> I do brush my teeth. I was a good kid. But anyway, random. Uh, I'll Google it later. Dreams of teeth breaking. What's that? Uh, the enemy comes in the night to elicit fear. He wants you to be afraid. So he comes in the darkest, most scariest time. You know, the enemy surrounded them, Elisha and the, and the servants. So, so there was no way out. They couldn't escape. Here's the point. Fear wants you to think that there's no way out. Fear wants to confine you and trap you and restrict you to the point where you give up because there's no way out of the circumstance that you're facing. But I'm here to tell you that there is a way out of fear 
and his name is Jesus. And we fix our eyes on him and trust him, even in the midst of everything getting pelted at us and, and, and crazy stuff going on in our life. If we would just trust in Jesus, we would no longer be slaves to that fear because we would have the revelation that we are children of the Most High God. See, the enemy's greatest weapon is fear because it works in a similar way to faith. Fear will attack and then let out demons of doubt, worry and unbelief. You know, when we exercise faith, confidence comes and boldness and all these things come. But when fear comes, uh, it will attack and it lets out doubt, worry, unbelief. You're second guessing yourself. You're unsure of yourself. Uh, You're unsure of the things of God because you're just that afraid in the moment. You know, as Christ followers, we've got to recognize that fear is from the enemy. Fear paralyzes you in a position of submission to it. And that's what the enemy wants you to submit to your fear. So we've got to understand that that fear does not come from God. We've also got to realize that fear is a result of your focus or vision. And we talked similarly, similarly, similarly about worry. What your focus was, what your eyes were on. Uh, What consumes your focus fuels your life. So I want to ask everyone at home that's here, what's consuming your life? Is it Jesus? Don't feel condemned if it's not, but just feel encouraged to make some changes. You know, is that latest Netflix binge-watching series consuming your life? Uh, I'll confess, maybe about before we moved here, so we've been here eight years this March, so probably about nine or ten years ago, Someone gifted me for Christmas. Do you remember the TV series called 24? Yeah. Some of you? Yeah. It was pretty high intense action. And yeah. I loved it. I love Kiefer Sutherland. He's a good actor. And I don't know. We really got into it. Anyway, I got it for Christmas. So we, and this is before Netflix was huge and stuff, I guess, about 10 years ago. So it was all DVDs. My wife and I, in one month, watched about five or six seasons <laughs> of 24. <laughs> But we could even tell how that had impacted us in that time. Uh, It was just, it wasn't good. We weren't in a good place. We had to just repent. So sorry, God. But it's it's that kind of show, oh, we'll just watch one. Oh, we'll just watch. So I know what happens next. We'll just watch the next one. But it just consumed us. What are you filling yourself with? What are you watching? What are you listening to? What music do you play? What, What words are speaking into your life? Are they wholesome, godly? words and godly content because what consumes your focus fuels your life I was going around the corner in the house expecting some secret agent to pop out anyway let's move on (laughs) the servant saw the enemy surrounding him that's what the servant saw he saw all these chariots all these army and people and he thinks he's thinking we're doomed you know the servant had his focus on what he could physically see we're often guilty of that what we see governs us. Fear begins to rule him because of his focus and his vision. He's too busy looking at what's around him to remember that there's a God in heaven. Hello, hasn't Elisha just been used by God to do all these different miracles on the journey? But all of a sudden, no, we're doomed because we've got all these people around us. Fear caused the servant to be blind. The servant was blind to God's protection, God's provision, God's presence. It's not that it wasn't there. He just couldn't see it. And that's often us in our circumstances when we're challenged, when fear comes, 
we're blind. We forget that God is, is protecting us, providing for us, that his presence is with us. We can forget that in an instant when all of a sudden we're surrounded by whatever it is. Let's choose not to be blind to God's provision. But let's remember that our God wants to deliver us from every situation and circumstance that we go through in this life. We've got to understand that what we focus on will determine our level of faith or fear. It's what's consuming you. It's so important. The Bible says, by faith, Moses. By faith, Abraham. By faith, and it goes on and on and on. What's your story? By faith, Colleen. By faith, Jacqueline. By faith, Trish, Jess, all of you, by faith. What's your story? You know, Peter, in, in the book of Matthew chapter 14, when he's walking on the water, his eyes were fixed on Jesus. But then as soon as he noticed what was going on around him, the waves were huge, the storm was incredible, he starts sinking, doesn't he? Because his focus changed and shifted in that moment. And then, of course, we know Jesus pulls him out. Make sure that when you're going through the storms of life, keep your eyes fixed on Jesus. I can't implore you enough because that is your answer. It's not your answer to gather around friends, although that's good to, to get people to pray for you and, or to, to bring attention on whatever the situation is. Your primary focus should be to get with Jesus. Now, if you need friends to help you do that, okay, that's fine. I'm not saying don't do that. But... We shouldn't feel that our help comes from the handkerchief because it doesn't. Our help comes from Jesus. It's just a little thing. Friends are used by God to help you, but they're not your saviors. Jesus is your savior. Here's the third thing. Remember, fear and faith cannot reside in the same place. They just can't. You can't tell me you're afraid, but then in the next breath say, oh, but I have faith. Well, if you have faith, it cancels out fear. If you have fear, it cancels out faith. Elisha and the servant are seeing the same thing, but have different responses, don't they? One's governed by fear. One's governed by faith. One sees the problem. The other sees the provision. Same situation. Same massive army surrounding them. Different focus. One is moving in fear, which is moving in the natural, because that's what we see, what's very, very present right now. But the other is moving in faith, which is God's provision. You know, in any given situation, fear must give way to faith or faith to fear. They can't coexist. It's challenging, isn't it? So that means every time we are afraid, we're lacking in faith. Ouch, punching the guts. It's like when I said last week, worries are, or the two weeks ago, worries are sin because Jesus said so. So when I'm worrying, I'm sinning. Well, when we're afraid, we're lacking in faith. We're not trusting our God. Fear and faith cannot reside in the same place because they are at war with each other. They are distracting you one from the other. Faith is taking you away from your fear because it's trusting in God that he's going to get you through no matter what. And fear is taking you away from faith because it wants you to believe that there's no hope and that you're trapped and you're stuck. Here's the fourth thing. We've got to realise fear is overcome only when our eyes are open 
like that. <laughs> or maybe like that. <laughs> Everyone do this. <sighs> the servant's eyes are opened to another reality. So the young man saw God surrounding the problem. The horses and chariots of fire were surrounding them. His eyes became opened to what was truly happening. Faith kicked in and booted fear out the door. That can happen in your situation. There's something you might be afraid of right now, but faith can come and overcome that fear in an instant. You've just got to trust God. You know, as believers, we see the world differently than other people. You know, the world saw two beams of wood, but we see a cross that Jesus hung on. The world sees a rock in the desert and Moses sees provision of water. The world may see just a small child in a manger, but we see the Son of God, the Prince of Peace, the Lord of Lords, the King of Kings. Come on, how do you see the world today? Can I encourage you to lift up your head and see through the eyes of faith at whatever it is that you're facing? You know, the world saw a den of lions, but Daniel saw deliverance from those lions. He walked in there with such confidence, knowing that my God is for me and he's going to protect me. You know, the world sees an impossible city called Jericho. But Joshua saw an invitation for God to show up and come and do the miraculous. The world sees impassable walls. But people of God see walls that are going to come tumbling down by faith in Jesus. You know, fear imprisons while faith liberates. Fear wants to trap you and contain you and imprison you. Fear wants to set you free and liberate you. Uh, faith. Fear paralyzes, but faith empowers. So with fear, you're frozen because you feel like you're helpless. You can't do anything. But faith empowers you to go beyond whatever it is that you're facing, to trust God. Fear disheartens, but faith encourages Fear wants to bring you to that down place, just like worry, but faith lifts you up. And you believe and trust in God that there is a way through this insurmountable whatever it is. Fear weakens, but faith empowers. Fear shipwrecks, but faith equips. Fear causes hopelessness while faith rejoices in the power and presence of God. I know which one I want to choose. I want to rejoice. I don't want to be in that down place. Have I been there? Of course I have. We've all been there. We're lying if we say we haven't. But we want to exercise our faith muscle, get it flexed. We want some buff, robust faith people here. We can flex their faith muscle in any given situation. You see, fear causes you to see the danger because that's what it wants you to do. But faith causes you to see deliverance. No longer a slave to fear, but children of the Most High God. The truest vision is the vision of faith. That is the truest vision. The clearer view we have of the power of heaven, the less we will fear the troubles of earth. Turn your eyes upon Jesus. Beautiful song. <laughs> Put your eyes on heavenly things, not on the things of this earth. All right, here's the last thing we're going to go through before we come to a close. 
The steps to live free from fear. Who wants to live free from fear? We should all do. We all do. We don't want to get caught in that trap. You know, we're going to leave church today and encounter fear? Yes, of course, it's there. It's a constant enemy, but it's our choice. So we're going to let fear consume us, constrict us, and hold us in chains? Or are we going to be no longer slaves to fear and declare that we are children of God, free from fear in Jesus' name? So the steps to live free from fear. Firstly, resist the natural reaction to be fearful. And that's why it's okay if you felt fear before. That's a natural thing. It's our natural inclination to see something big and scary in front of us and go, ah! <laughs> Just making sure you're awake. Everyone's awake now. That's good. Jacqueline had a little jump. I saw that in my peripheral. <laughs> sorry. Sorry, not sorry. Resist the natural reaction to be fearful. <laughs> Elisha commanded the servant not to fear. You know, fear is a choice that we allow ourselves to fall into. Because it's our natural response. It's our natural reaction. And so we've also got to remember that we walk in a different realm than just the natural. See, when you see this thing in the physical and it's coming at you and there's fear, we've got to remember that we don't, we're not of this world. We're of a higher kingdom. We've got a God that is hovering, just waiting to send a legion of angels to protect us from that situation or, you know, clear the way that we don't need to be afraid of traveling in that direction or whatever it is. That's all there at our disposal. It's all happening. We've just got to acknowledge it and know that it's there because we forget in the moment, don't we? Because we can't literally see it. That's faith. Elisha reminds the servant that there's another realm than what he currently sees. And then his eyes are opened. We've got to remember as believers that we have access to another realm. The Bible declares that the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God for the pulling down of strongholds, for the casting down of vain imaginations. We have access to the great I Am who created the heavens and the earth and everything that we get to enjoy right now. We have access to him. He wants to be your protector and your guide. But we forget that in the heat of the moment, don't we? We've got to recall the promises of God by reading and meditating on the word of God. It's so important to read your scripture. And like I said a couple of weeks ago, I'm not telling you you've got to spend hours in the word of God every day, but please read his promises daily. Five minutes, ten minutes, whatever you can afford, an hour, whatever you can afford. There's no condemnation. Just do it. Just do it. Get into the Word of God. Read His promises. Elisha says there are more for us than are against us. And that's true for you. You just don't see it. You think everyone's against me, the walls are caving in, everything's going bad. No, 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 no. There is more for you than that's against you. Jeremiah 29, 11. I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. Plans to prosper you for good, you know, not to harm you. He doesn't want to harm you. He's got a future and great hope for your life. The Bible says if God be for us, who can be against us? Nobody. You tell me who can beat God. <laughs> There's no one. He's the winner every single time. So when you're in a fearful situation, trust him. For every problem, there's a promise. For every problem, there is a promise. God will get you through. He parted the Red Sea. He provided water in the desert. He fed 5,000 people. What more proof do we need <laughs> that our God can do anything? 
So how many promises are in the Bible? Well, the Holy Scriptures contain um, a grand total of 8,810 promises. I counted them myself. <laughs> there are 7,487 promises of those 8,810 that are from God to man. So that's about 85% for those of you playing at home. 85% of God's promises are from God to men. Ian worked that out. <laughs> so does that not tell you something? We haven't sung Waymaker for a while, but he's our promise keeper, our light in the darkness. He makes promises and he keeps them. He's not going to promise and let you down. That's not our God. Our God doesn't, doesn't operate like that. The next thing we've got to do is we've got to respond with prayer. Because again, prayer is just this great thing that has this amazing way of taking our eyes off of ourselves and putting it on to Jesus when we pray. Elisha prayed that God would open up the servant's eyes. Prayer puts your focus on the problem solver and not the problem. And that's who we need in our moments of fear, isn't it? Some problem solving. <laughs> prayer creates a supernatural pathway to peace. It'll lead you to that place because prayer is about bringing all your concerns and your worries and your anxieties and the things that are bothering you and leaving them at the foot of the cross. Those two bits of wood that the world see, but you see a cross and you know that there's power in the cross. So it leads you to this place of peace. And that's what you need when you're fearful. You need peace. You've got to remember that God is working everything out for your good. He's on your side. He's not this chess-playing God in heaven moving you around like a pawn and, and, and doesn't care for you. It's not like that. So many people see God that way. Oh, he's just this big dude that makes me, you know, move me around and makes things happen. It's so much more intimate than that. <laughs> God wants a personal relationship with each and every one of us. And when we realize that, wow, then we've got a tool to combat fear. Ooh every single time. You know, some of us work in jobs where we face fear every day. We need our God. We need our God. We need His peace. You know, I think of our ambos and our fireys and police. You know, I think of them and the things that they have to face. How do they do it without God? I praise God for, 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 for Christian uh, first responders. That's the word I'm looking for. <laughs> I know if I ever have a car accident, I want a Christian ambo to come. Please just pray for me while I'm going through whatever it is. That would be awesome. Um, God is working everything out for your good, and He wants good things for you. So, look, let's conclude. You can live free from fear. Amen? It doesn't mean fear is not going to come, but it means that you are living free from it. It's going to rear its head, stuff's going to happen, the challenges of life are going to come. But you don't have to be a slave to that fear. You can live free from that fear. You, you must have your eyes open to see the right things. What's consuming you? What's filling you? What are you allowing to create the atmosphere within you? What words? What songs? What teaching? What what TikTok videos? <laughs> Who here watches TikTok? Nobody. They're all down there. It's a, it's a kid thing. Uh, have your eyes open to the right things. That's important. You must put on the right glasses to see the right things. What lens are you looking at things through? The lens of fear or the lens of faith? Leave the fear. What have you? That's faith. 
those glasses, Ross. They're faith lenses. Because <laughs> they make you slimmer, right? Yeah, it's good. <laughs> They're the lenses of faith on Ross's head today. Just for the people at home going, what's he going on about? Uh, put on the right glasses to see the right things. And then lastly, access the weapons. We've got weapons. We've got the word. We've got Jesus victorious on our behalf. And nothing can defeat us when God is for us. Who can be against us? He's got legions of angels. He's got everything at his disposal to help us overcome any situation that we face. There are people in this place today and there are people tuned in at home and there are people that are going to watch this in the future that are bound up by fear and that need to be set free and released. You're not condemned because you're impacted by fear, not at all. But we're here today to tell you that with Jesus, you no longer have to be a slave to fear. All you've got to do is open up your heart, open up your life and receive him. You say, well, I've heard it all before, Pastor Jeremy, but you don't understand what I'm facing. Well, no, maybe I don't, but God does. And we've learned today that nothing is too hard for him. It doesn't matter what you're facing. There is provision for that thing, whatever it is, to get you through. He brought legions of people as he parted the Red Sea. He can lead you through your situation. He can part the seas for you and get you through to the other side. You've just got to trust in him. Can you imagine walking through that Red Sea moment? Would you be freaking out still? I mean, it's faith. That, yeah, it's part of But hello, to your right and to your left, you're seeing water with, I don't know, all manner of sea creatures cruising around. They're looking at you going, hey, I don't see that every day. You'd be freaking out. Like, is that going to tumble down on me? It's easy to go, oh, have faith. You're going to still have testing moments as you walk through. It's not like this easy, put a band-aid on and we're good. I'm not promising your life's going to be easy this year. As I said two weeks ago, I can't do that because I'm not God. But what I can promise you is if you walk through life in partnership with God as the Lord of your life, he is going to be with you through every situation and every circumstance and nothing is too hard for him and you're not going to be hindered or halted. You just keep putting one foot in front of the other and walking through that Red Sea, say good day to the whale as you walk through and keep going. Don't stop. Don't turn around and go back. Keep walking forward. And you can do that when you accept Jesus as your Lord and your Saviour. So would you bow your heads? Uh, in this place today, I just want to give opportunity for people at home watching this recording uh, all live. God is here in this moment right now to say to you, you no longer have to be a slave to fear. You don't have to be driven by that thing anymore. You can be free from that thing. And so if you're in this place and you've never given your heart to Jesus, or if you're at home, and you've never given your heart completely, fully, wholeheartedly to him. Or maybe you've done it before and you really feel, you know what, I need to draw a line in the sand and I need to say, right, I'm sick of fear. I'm done with fear. I'm recommitting my life to Christ today and I'm going to no longer be a slave to fear. If that's you, if you're doing this for the first time or you want to recommit your life and, and make that declaration, would you just lift up your hand? And I want to just include you in prayer today. Yep, I see that hand. I see that hand too. That's great. 
If you're at home, just in faith, lift up your hand. I don't need to see your hand. You're responding to God, really, not me. It's the Holy Spirit that's going to come and touch you because of your faithfulness in responding. So just lift your hand right where you are right now and say this prayer after me. Dear Jesus, let's all say it together, church. Dear Jesus, I surrender my life to you. I thank you that you came and that you died on my behalf. You took my punishment. The thing that I deserved, you took it for me. So I'm no longer a slave to fear and sin because I surrender my life to you. I make you my Lord and Saviour. And so I am now a child of God. Set free from those chains. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Can we give God praise because there are people in this place today that have been set free from fear in Jesus' name.